welcome back once again to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast. This week we're going to have a look at the Fosrock Super Series, a look back at the games so far and then the games, uh, uh, well two more rounds to go before the, the playoffs and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by, well somebody's probably seen more Super Series games than, than anybody uh, this year, commentating, co-commentating, covering the games, it's Bruce Miller, how are you Bruce? I'm good, thank you, Chris. Is that a fair build-up? Have you seen most of the games? It seems like I've, I've seen most of the games. I've been out most of the weekend, certainly. So, uh, and, and it's been fantastic competition so far. Yeah, we'll have a we'll look at those games. We'll, uh, deep dive into the, the title. We'll also have a look. Uh, what we hear from the, the Scottish women's camp in South Africa as they build up to WXV two decider this week. The Scotland women take on Japan on Friday, uh, and the winner takes all effectively um, for WXV two. Two great wins already against the USA. Uh, and South Africa, and we'll hear from Emma Walsall out in, uh, in South Africa ahead of that one. But we'll come back to the Fosrock Super Series first. Bruce, the um, Herit, top of the table. Um, can they go one step further? Have you seen much of Herit? Can they go one step further than the sprint final where they, where they lost out? I think I've only seen Herriots once this season and was really impressed by them. I, and, and they have come on leaps and bounds. I mean, if we go back to last year's championship... I think I'm right in saying, testing my memory now, I think they only won three out of ten yeah. games. They finished fourth in the in the table. And then, unfancied in the sprint series mm -hmm. earlier this year, just from nowhere, finished, I think, second top, um, beaten narrowly by the Ayrshire Bulls in the in the playoff for, for that one. But um, but they've managed to, to carry that on into the championship and taking it a, a step further. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to say they were favourites. Well, just looking at the table, as I say, Game in hand, so the, the played ten, Ayrshire Bulls on second uh, have played a, a game more, but um, three points ahead, but the points difference. Now, Heriots have always been known, the traditionalists, for playing an exciting brand of rugby. And in one game fewer, they've already you know, scored almost 100 more points than, than Bulls in second place. Ben Cairns came in um, around about that time ahead of the sprint series, a, a coach who's been involved with still moves in the Super Series, but he's also been involved with Adriate stuff as well. So he's got a bit of experience, and I know from Ben's point of view, he'll be desperate to go that one stage further. But this weekend, they play their old rivals. Watsonians, I think a game that maybe you're going to head along as well. That's on Saturday at three. Um, Watsonians, have they, have they flattered to deceive a little bit from from their, their previous, I suppose, performances in the Championship? They certainly went through a, a tricky spell in the middle of the, yeah. the season. Um, lost a couple of games in a row. One of them lost very badly to Heriots. Mm. I want to say it was something like 64. Yeah, Nobody saw that at coming home, at all. At home as well. At home, yes. Yeah. And then lost either, it was the week before or the week after that. Um, they, they lost as well. I think it was to Stirling. And then they've had a couple of games which they won but didn't play particularly well in. But they seem to have found form. I watched them... Uh, this weekend passed against Stirling and were were excellent in the second half. And they'll be thinking back to that game against Terrace. They'll have a point to prove this weekend. So I, I think that one will be be an absolute cracker. They've got a lot of experience as well, though. I think of Lee Miller and Jason Baggett. These crucial decision-making, Seb Cecil, the guys in the back row. There's a lot of experience in what's on ends. And, you know, as I say, well, they're sitting third on the table. But you, you, as you say, you can't write them off either. Yeah, and, and going back a bit to what you said about Heriots and the fact they play a very exciting brand of, of rugby, they throw the ball about, one of the things I love about the whole competition is each team very much has its own identity, its mm. own playing style, uh, and, and Watsonians, they'll throw the ball about a bit as well, they're maybe a bit more structured, but built on an, an absolutely outstanding defence, right. I'm not quite sure quite what happened in, in that little spell in the middle of the season, but they seem to have, have found, found themselves again. Um, with their with their defence in particular, that's almost a debate raging around rugby world cup at the moment as well, isn't it? In terms of 
like is it defence that wins your championships or is it the attack, the all-out attack? And exactly that conversation around the international game as well. Teams do hide their identity, but I think that's a strength. The teams need something to work from, need identity. I'm in the attacking camp. I would far rather see a team win. I, I quite often have a go, but I don't have a go. I quite often chirp back when people say defence wins championships. Of course it does, but you never win a championship nil-nil. You've got to score as well. So I'm, I, I'm that kind of attack-minded person, but... Yeah, you're right that Watsonians can do both. They're traditionally quite good at the the business end of the season as well. So that's uh, that's Saturday, 3 o'clock, um, at Golden Acre, Heritage versus Watsonians. The 5 o'clock game um, on Saturday is Ayrshire Bulls versus the, the Fosrock Futures. Ayrshire Bulls, obviously, they're sitting second place at the moment. It's a tough nut to crack. They're always going to be there and thereabout, aren't they? Yes, and, and I suppose most people would think that their identity is built around the physical side yeah. of the game, but they have got so much more than, than that. I mean, I, I hope I didn't do Watsonians a disservice by saying it was built on, on defence. They have a, a brilliant attack as well, but um, the Ayrshire Bulls, from that physical point of view, they, that'll be a difficult one for the Forsrock future 15. Mm-hmm. Away as well, at Melbury. Absolutely, yes. But the Ayrshire Bulls, they've, they've been winning, but they've been winning... Narrowly, mm-hmm. um, I forget the the score. Was it 25, 20, 26, 21 or something 26, last week? Against the Bears, uh, yes, last against week the Bears. Home, yeah. So, um, I I don't think they will lose that one. But mm-hmm. thinking ahead to the the playoffs, even if it's a if, if for example, I, I imagine it might well be Watsonians going to Millbrae, mm-hmm. but they've they've won through there already this season, and they'll be looking at, at the Bulls' results and thinking, we don't really mind if it's in a way playoff we can still win that one before we come on to the futures the Fosrock futures the Ayrshire Bulls they are kind of serial winners as well like they, they have got that, that Blair McPherson the guy that jumps out every time and he leads in front but they've also as you say built on on, on attacking edge Luca Bardelli somebody who's really impressed me um, and back in the attacking I don't know if you've seen much of Luca on the wing but not the biggest winger but brave electric and he's really helped develop that attacking edge uh, through at Millbrae He's a player I've seen, I think I've seen him three times. Mm. I think he was probably at fullback a couple of the, the times and he got the ball kicked him and was just incredible <laughs> running it running it back. He, mm. he's, uh, he's a really exciting prospect, no doubt. And Blair McPherson, he just seems to be around forever. In, in fact, I, I feel guilty. I should almost offer him an apology. The very first game I did he commentate didn't on... He did come a veteran. <laughs> no, game. I never, I never. <laughs> but the first game I commentated on was in, in that uh, championship two years ago um, and, and he... Well, I'm going to blame the sun because I was <laughs> I was nervous and it was sunny and I couldn't see and there were loads of tries scored over in the far corner. Yeah, and I, I credited various people with them, gave the gave the player of the match award, I want to say it was Ryan Sweeney or somebody like that, uh, and then discovered afterwards that three of the tries had been scored by Blair. So he'd scored a hat-trick, <laughs> I hadn't given him the player of the match. So I'm hoping at some point that I, I can yeah, give him a, a player of the match award. But the whole, it just seems like the whole yeah, it's built pack is built, built around him. But again, they, they do have that, that you, well, know, you mentioned Sweeney. flair. You mentioned Sweeney in the back row. He's, he's a quality player as well and hard edge to him that... It's synonymous with that that forward pack at Ayrshire Bulls, so they're, they're yeah they're in a good place, and, it, and it'll be a, as you already said the Fosrock futures go there winless so far. Um, I watched them on on Sunday against Heritage uh, at Golden Lake, and there's one or two positives we can touch up in a minute, but it's going to be a a learning experience again for the Fosrock futures to to go down to Melbray. But if the belief's there, if the unit is there, if the more time they spend together, they can they can get closer to that first win. Yeah, I think that's the exactly the, the the point. They haven't spent very long mm-hmm. together, and you know maybe people expected too much of from them in this first season. They just need time together. But 
Um, it's another team that have got a very clear identity. I really enjoy the way they, they play. They're maybe not the, the biggest. You know, I imagine they may struggle physically. We've got some real athletes in the mm -hmm. in the pack, and they play just about as quick as anybody in the mm -hmm. in the competition. They realise that's what they have to have to do, and they play to their strengths. You know, I, I kept thinking they had a, a win in them. Yeah. Maybe they don't now this season, but they they have been competitive in in a number of the the games. It's a real shame they've had some big scorelines against them yeah. as well, but uh, they've never let their heads go down, and they um, they will only grow and get better. Yeah, they play obviously Ayrshire Bulls this weekend, then Watsonians next weekend. So two big asks, but even in the big. Defeats. There have been individual performances that individuals can be proud of. I think some of Tom Curry's efforts have been incredible in the back row. Freddie Douglas as well in the back row. There have been real stick-out performers. And if you can perform well as an individual in a team that's been beaten, I think that sometimes gives you double bang for your buck. There, although the, the results have been heavy, it was really disappointing. I commented two weeks ago up at Stirling and when they've got that, that second heavy defeat at Stirling because we thought beforehand the team sheet was much stronger. It looked you know, a bit more experience, dare I say, coming back, but they, they were blown away by uh, by Stirling. But there are still good individual performances that will help those individuals prepare for potentially what comes next in under-20 rugby. Absolutely, yes. I, I, I wish my memory was better and I could probably pick out some of the names. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Freddie in the back that row. Freddie Douglas. Place yeah, seven. Yeah. Freddie Douglas yeah. and, uh, he's been superb. And yeah. I think I've watched him maybe three times. Uh, who else? Kerr Johnston. Tom, I think Johnson. springs to mind at 13. Yeah. Uh, Tom Bannett-Valla, the weekend, yes. Lucid Prop coming back. He's, he's, he's been excellent in his, his, his time on the field as well. There's a lot of them. Um, and, and, and being exposed to that isn't ideal for you as an individual, but you have to learn. You sink or swim. And, and I, I really do think that the harder they fight together, the more time they get together, the, the more combative they'll be. Um, but yeah, big ask at the weekend to, to go down to... Melbury and take on Ayrshire Bulls, but hey, we like a challenge. Right, I've left the, the Friday night's game for last because I think this is a game that's got most riding on it. You're going to be at, uh, at Bridge Hall on Friday. It's still in Wolves versus Southern Knights. Southern Knights currently fourth on the table, still in Wolves fifth. Uh, as we know, you know, two rounds to go, then it becomes the, the, the playoff, the top four playoff. Um, so this is could potentially decide that fourth place spot or go a long way to decide that fourth place spot. Uh, Southern Knights two points ahead at the moment, but of course still in Wolves at home, who've been good at home so far this season. Yeah, I, I imagine that whoever wins this Friday night will take that fourth place spot when we look ahead to the mm. following weekend. It's always difficult with uh, with bonus points to work yeah. out exactly what, what might happen. Um, but I, I suspect that, that yes, winner will take all in, in this one and really hard to predict. <laughs> I think, um, well, the Knights won at home in the, mm. in the reverse fixture, but they've not won on the road since... I think last October when they beat Heretz actually um, this, this, um, in the previous year's championship. So they, why do you think that happened? That now, there's, there's a lot of rugby brains kicking about that ask this question. I've been involved in decades worth of changing rooms about this home in a way advantage. It's ultimately it's a, the same size of pitch. It's played in the grass as opposed to the other end. Why do you think that home advantage is, is such a thing? And especially in ultimately a competition where there is a lot of fami familiarity between the players. Have you got any <laughs> reasons behind yeah. it? I have got no clue. I mean, I've heard all the theories. If there's, <laughs> if there's other rugby brains have looked at it, there are certainly bigger rugby brains than mine. So um, I'm, I, I, I really don't know because your point that you made there about the, the familiarity yeah. they've played each other so many times. Yeah. It's not exactly a long way to go through yeah. Melrose up to Stirling. So you, you can't. It's not you know. It's not the bus journey. Or, uh -huh, so get, get out the legs, as I say. <laughs> but but uh, the team that epitomises that for me more is Stirling Wolves. I think they've been brilliant at home. They've been absolutely brilliant at home. They'll be disappointed with some away performance. 
performances. But they've, I mean, they've they've had some big wins at home on the scoreboard, but against big teams as well. So I know maybe Bridgewater is a tough place to go, but they'll they'll target this game. They'll believe that they've, they've got enough to beat the Knights, but the Knights will be pretty determined on the road as well. Yeah, well, they know exactly what's at stake. So you would, for the reasons that we just said, I, I think you've got to say Sterling are favourites at home because they've performed well there. But say, given what is riding on it, it, it will be tight. I've not seen too much of the Southern Knights. Um, I, th- I assume you've probably seen, covered more games than I have of the Knights. What, what have you made of them so far this season? They've certainly improved. Mm. Uh, I mean, they could have lost to the, probably should have lost to the, the, futures. the Futures in that, that game. first game. Mm. Yeah, it was just a, a conversion. It was the, the difference, a missed conversion that uh, denied them that opportunity. And at the start of the season, it just looked like they were going to continue the, the form or the poor form that mm. they'd, they'd shown in the, the Sprint Series. I don't think they won a game in the Sprint Series. They won two games in the previous year's Championship. Um, but from wherever they have managed to gradually build some form, they've produced two or three good wins. I think they're reliant certainly on uh, on two or three players mm-hmm. in the pack, um, and I'm, I've not seen the squad obviously for this weekend. Um, but they've got some really really exciting players, and if they're all fit and can pick from a, a full squad, they've got a really good chance on Friday night. A bit of experience in the coaching staff with Alan Tate as well, isn't it? Well, I think that helps, and, yeah. and again, probably just needed a little bit of time, yeah. like you said about Ben at, at Heriot's, yeah. um, to put his own mark on the on the team and, and develop the side. And they've got a little bit of consistency there now in terms of their of their squad. They'd lost a lot of players maybe a, a year or so mm-hmm. ago, which no doubt contributed to a, a, a poor season last year. But um, they've, they've just developed their squad slowly. So Alan has instilled his own sort of mentality if that's the right term into the mm-hmm. into the squad and you can start to see that now just paying dividends well we need all that experience and mentality on, on Friday evening 7.35 at Bridge Hodge still in Wolves and Southern Knights and say 5th versus 4th uh, with a lot on, lot on the line so that's the, the Fosrock Super Series this week but Bruce you also coach as well as well as commentate and analyse and you're deep uh, in rugby knowledge you you, uh, you work with the Portonians team the Women's Premiership Nine from nine, top of the league. <laughs> Subtle nod. How's uh, tell us about your coaching journey? How you got involved in coaching, and how much you you enjoy the coaching you're doing at the moment? It's still very much a beginner. I started out um, really down at Gala with mm-hmm. George Graham, uh, and I was working with Radio Borders at the time, Sorry. commentating. And I was I, I'd interviewed him after the the game, and we got chatting off air, and and mentioned that. Um, had a little bit of S and C, and and he said, "Well, I think I need somebody to do that." He says, "I've done it myself. Do you want to George, <laughs> from George, <laughs> George said he'd done it himself. Well, he had, he had been doing it himself oh, yeah. up to that point, yes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So he says, "How do you fancy joining us?" So jumped at the the opportunity. So started out there, um, and then was involved at Kelso, and, and then transitioned or tried to transition into more coaching rather yeah. than the, the S and C. So as I say, I, I still consider myself very much a a beginner mm. in, in terms of the rugby coaching side of things, but brilliant group of girls to work with. Mm. Absolutely superb. And I, I landed very much on my feet with that, inherited Freddie's squad, the very successful one, and, and yes, we'd lost a few players from the year before, mm. but um, held on to the, the core of the squad. So had a pretty good... We, 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 I think we underperformed in the the league last year. The girls recognised that and had a wee chat themselves, and and then you know what happened in the with the the cup mm-hmm. and and this year, 
we've uh, the squad's grown a bit, so we've got more to pick from some real quality players. And well, they always say good leaders surround themselves with better people than themselves. And I've I've got Claire Bain, who, who's yeah, yeah. away in in South, South Africa, Africa just now with yeah. WXV, who's an excellent coach and, and former uh, internationalist as well. Claire. Yeah, yeah, she really knows the the game inside out. And and Gordy Lyon has come in yeah. this year as well. Who I, I think everybody listening to the podcast mm. will will know Gordy. Gordy. Everybody in Scottish rugby I think knows Gordy. So he's clearly brought a lot to the, the party as well so a huge amount of credit I just sort of stand back and, and let them get on and uh, so a huge amount of credit to them I think Is that your philosophy as a coach? Can you delegate to others around or are you being a wee bit kind or are you more hands on because every, everybody's different aren't they? and that's, that's one thing I, I think I would struggle with as a coach I think I would want to take control of everything that delegating it's a hard thing to do but often it's the right thing to do It's a very hard thing to do I, yeah. I, I find that yeah I, I want to I want to do everything and last year I, I mostly had to um I, I just it was just Claire and I and um she wasn't able to mm. to commit um too often uh, although always had a very uh, important input so I kind of had to do everything myself mm. so it's quite hard to to step back and um so a, a bit like you you want mm. to be involved but but it is the right thing to do to mm. just step back if you've got people there that know more than you do there's absolutely no point in and you know not letting them get on with it themselves yeah you're doing pretty well Thirty-nine, twenty-one winner still in last weekend. Eight points clear, nine for nine, top of the league, and away to Carter this weekend. So, more to come. More to come. I mean, that that's that was huge win against Stirling. They beat us twice, mm. home and away last year. They've got a big squad of great admiration for what Stirling do in both the, the mm. men's and women's game. They just seem it's it's just a factory. They produce mm. players up through their, their mini rugby system and up into senior rugby. Um, so that that was a, a, a huge hurdle for us, I think, to to get over. Say having lost them twice to win that game, and uh, yeah, five to go. Five to go. Well, good luck with that. And you're right, what you say, because every time at Bridge Hall, whether it's through the day or whether it's for a, a Super Series game or or a club game, there's always people training on the back pitch and the side pitch. Boys, girls, men, women. It's a it's a brilliant uh, it's a brilliant kind of rugby club to see them all coming through. A lot of the uh, the people you coach will know. A lot of the the probably teammates with a lot of the the women as well who are in South Africa at the moment. Have you seen any of the WXV two games between uh, for the Scotland South Africa games? Scotland USA. It's been on a Friday afternoon, um, but obviously play Japan this weekend as well. So are the the players close? Still close with the international players? Have you got anybody who's who's playing out there? Who's who's played at Watson Ends recently? Well, Fran McGee, Francesca course, McGee yeah, was yeah. with was with us last season. That was really our first full yeah, season yeah, in yeah. the club game and she was in the final yeah. just yeah and, and, and came back to the final they scored two brilliant tries but um and, and umpteen tries for us through the season so you just knew from the f- pretty much the first time I saw her playing that she was going to play international yeah. rugby yeah and and credit to her that she, she just has taken to it like a, a duck to water well Bruce thanks for coming in thanks for your insights on the uh, official Scottish Rugby podcast thanks for all your work the Forsyth Super Seas as well you're, you're busy this weekend uh, and good luck with the coaching as well you mentioned Francesca McGee there well she's in South Africa has Scotland prepared for their third and final match at WXV2 and we heard from the squad Emma Wassell caught up with Tom Soul. Welcome to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast with me, Tom Soule. I'm very glad to be joined by Emma Wassell, um, Scotland national player. Um, we've joined after another good victory against um, the United States on last Friday, uh, 24-14 win. How was it? Yeah, no, it was uh, It was a really, you know what, I'm not going to lie, 
more enjoyable game than the South Africa game. Um, South Africa was as physical as as we expected. I was going to say, I was watching it on the TV back home and it, it looked physical. It was tough. Um, just just a, a different kind of game, which we, we expected from South Africa. And I think being kind of the first, well, second game back from, from being out for quite a while, it was a little bit of a shock to the body. But um, no, USA was was tough, but it was really, it was actually quite an enjoyable game um, and very competitive. I think the first 20, um, we really kind of went after our attack plan um, and I think defensively throughout the whole game, uh, probably one of our best performances. And how's the mood been in camp on the back of the two wins to start WXV? Really good. Um, Honestly, probably one of the best kind of tours I've been on. Um, people are in just a really good place. I think it's obviously it's it's easy to be happy when you're uh, on the back of two wins. Um, I think something I've experienced that I've never experienced before is though like we've just won two games um, and against two really good sides, and I think we're we're still like thinking about how actually what, what we did wrong and what we can do to be better, which is just, it's actually a really positive place to be because in the past we've maybe, you know, won a game that's been just just elation, pure elation for winning. But now it is just a different mindset of like, yeah, we won that game, but actually how many points did we leave out there or what can we do to be better? And actually then just focusing on, like as we know for this tournament, it's not about just kind of winning one game, winning two games, like we're setting ourselves to try three games. So the kind of, it's always been like, what's the next focus? Um, but it has been a really enjoyable camp. I think we've pushed ourselves hard in training. Um, and like that's come with its own challenges, whether it's heat, um, hard ground, yeah. pitches that are maybe not what we're used to at home. Yeah. Um, it's not quite Orium, is it? No, the Orium is just, it's top you tier. Take, take it's top tier. We do, we take a lot. Like we are so, so lucky with the facilities we have at home. Um, so I think just kind of realizing what our, what we've got and I think we've just made the most of it. And obviously it is like, three back-to-back -back games like there's not a huge turnaround in terms of the recovery of bodies but everyone's just kind of doing what they can to make sure we're kind of best come the next week and how is that sort of you mentioned there that it is three games back-to-back -back. how is sort of the training throughout the tournament changed from sort of the start of the tournament to now going into playing japan this friday yeah i think oh, it i mean we obviously were in camps quite a few months before the start of this tournament and like my journey personally very different to to everyone in the squad but obviously at the very beginning I, I was still rehabbing it wasn't until quite close before we went to South Africa that I knew I was going to be coming here but I, I watched them all in a pretty brutal pre-season um, it, and it was tough like in terms of do you think that's made everyone a bit closer and in, in sort of that connection that you feel within yeah oh my god 100 suffering I together brings you there was can reap the rewards yeah there was a moment in the during pre-season so i'm obviously doing rehab side of the pitch whether that's that kind of running or change direction and um, but i always made like i was always like available to watch the session so i was 
watching one of like their toughest it was contact conditioning um and it was brutal like you could see everyone i was like standing back a bit um just watching it and i i got emotional because like out of a place that i was i was sad that i couldn't be in that dark place with them and it sounds really strange but i think a big and what i realized is like kind of a big part of like being in this team is kind of like going through all the tough parts together and it was the way they kind of all were like picking each other up and like encouraging yeah. each other to keep going and like some people really really struggling we obviously had girls who'd come into the squad for the first time but like still yeah. absolute pushing themselves whether that was like crawling they were still doing it and I just I felt so emotional that like being part of a team is amazing for all, all the things like the, the wins at the weekend and, and kind of all the fun stuff that we maybe can do off the pitch but like actually something that I found myself really missing was just not being physically in that maybe dark place altogether where you can keep pushing each other on and it was yeah it was a weird moment but they worked extremely hard and 100% have, have got closer because of that yeah um, and I, yeah I think actually all the time we've had together has just made such a difference come this tournament uh, I'm gonna go back a little bit and talk a bit more about you because <laughs> obviously you mentioned there that you were injured during preseason and coming back through um, that process. How how is everything now? Yeah, um, I think you know what. I, like I talk about it, and it it sometimes feels selfish because I have seen so many players that have had back to back injuries. People who have injuries and they've been out far longer than me. But I suppose from a perspective point of view, I, I've, I played, I've played for Scotland nine years and I haven't, I'd never missed a camp. So I'd obviously missed that one game because of my wrist, but I'd never missed a camp. So I'd never been away from the environment. I'd, I'd never not been with the squad. Yeah. So it was kind of the first time, and I'm so lucky that it actually was only first time that I was fully away and, and obviously like a knee injury kind of what that entails in terms of like what you can't do yeah. is difficult but yeah it was it was hard it was it just was hard to kind of not be part of probably Six Nations was was huge and I think it is like it sounds it maybe sounds silly but we are like they are like my big family um, and I I felt pretty lost it when I wasn't part of it. It was it's a big hole. It almost felt like a big hole in my life. Like there was nothing else that was filling that. Um, but it made me all the more determined to get back. Yeah. And yeah, I I was supported really well with my rehab. Um, I like pushed myself as hard as I physically could. And I I kind of said at the very beginning I will do everything to be able to be back for for South Africa um, yeah. and kind of committed myself to it and I, I kind of knew by the time it was coming close to selection that I couldn't have done any more to, to get there so I could be happy if I was or wasn't going to be yeah, coming absolutely. along. And so after that long journey and that autumn test against Spain coming off the bench what what was the feeling when you sort of ran onto the pitch and being back at Hive Stadium and hearing the crowd and all those emotions? 
Can you sort of sum up like, what they were like? Pure like elation. I don't know. It was. I think anyone who's been injured, like you, there is times that you have a, probably a lot of negative thoughts in the terms of like, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to play again. I'm not going to be playing for Scotland again, or I'll never be the same. I won't be fast enough. I won't be fit enough. All this, like, and and you go highs and lows with it. So to actually be able to get back on that pitch and feel confident to go was just. Yeah, like it just, I, I kind of promised myself throughout my whole rehab journey that if I do ever get that opportunity again, I will embrace every single moment of it. And I think I did. I think we actually did, uh, we did like a few warm up game with Wales. So yeah. obviously it was, it was just, just a kind of training game. Um, yeah. It was nothing crazy, but it, that was the first time that I was playing rugby so I'd done all my rugby kind of done all my return to contact but I hadn't actually been in a game scenario yet yeah. and essentially I had to be okay in that game to hopefully be able to play in South Africa and that was obviously the first time I managed to play and I after that like cried my eyes out because that was the first time like wow I can play yeah. I didn't know if I'd obviously get the opportunity to, to actually pull the jersey on again but yeah, yeah just just really really genuinely grateful and you sort of stepped up into a little bit of a leadership role with Sarah Bonner unfortunately being injured for the first two games so what have you learned sort of coming back from that injury and being chucked in the deep end here at WXV and like leading the line outs yeah I think well um like before I got injured obviously at the World Cup I led the line out so alongside other leaders we've got Sarah Bonner and Louise McMillan as well um, so I like I was calling line outs and stuff then and I actually think again I took a step back and you see how well the girls did in the Six Nations uh, Louise McMillan stepped up there she was calling and they obviously got them two really good wins um, so I think when I came back it, it was probably appreciating kind of all the leaders we have within this group and it wasn't it wasn't about like I want to lead I, I want to compliment the leaders we already have and obviously Sarah unfortunately has like been injured the past two games so I felt confident going into that role and actually yeah. just yeah. really like happy that I could still do that and hopefully be helpful to players around me because yeah there, there was definitely times that you just you just don't know when you'll get the opportunity again and I I annoyingly enjoy the line outs a lot. It gives me a lot of pleasure, whether that is attack or defence. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, I um I enjoy leading them. And we'll move back to WXV. We've had two games, two wins, and we're five in a row. Um has there been any time to sort of enjoy those wins or is it always looking towards the next task so we focus firmly on Japan this yeah. Friday you know what we we are very much aware this is a three game tournament and the time between each game is, is not long um, I we have had days off after the games and we've had days off midweek and Brian's made it pretty clear to like take that time off like you don't always have to be in front of a screen either watching rugby or thinking about rugby like he does encourage us to, to switch off and we have been able to do some pretty cool things so what, have you been, what have you been up to <laughs> uh we uh got to go beach went to camps bay have a day at the beach 
it's obviously we're very lucky that it's sunny here in Cape Town. Uh, got to go up Table Mountain, um, but also just going down to the waterfront um, yeah. here in Cape Town and being out in the sunshine. There's some lovely coffee shops which we've spotted now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's it's just been it has been really enjoyable. I'm gonna go back a little bit again. So for the preparation for WXV, how does that compare to preparing for the Rugby World Cup that you went to last year? Hard. I think similar in the sense that we had the camps yeah. building into it. Mm -hmm. I think everything pre the World Cup was a wee bit uncertain regarding contracts, regarding yeah. what what we were doing after the World Cup. Um, we managed to get time away from our jobs so that we could have a pre-season as a squad. But yeah. again, we, the nature of how we qualified, we, we didn't have a whole lot of time mm -hmm. to have our pre-season. Yeah. Um, but the time together was really valuable. But that is the first time we'd kind of done it. So we probably learned a lot um, yeah. in the build-up to the World Cup, which I actually think now coming has into helped, WXV probably. has helped. And we've had so much time together and as I say like Brian was really good in the sense that if he expected players to become a long text V he made sure I was part of that full journey so yeah. I wasn't doing everything in pre-season because I just wasn't there with my knee yet but I was still with the squad in the environments in all the team meetings like analysis meetings which was really really important in terms of when I was able to play it felt quite seamless um, and yeah you learn so much about your team when you the more and more time you spend with each other you learn more off the pitch and I just think it makes us all the more stronger on the pitch. Can you talk me through a little bit of the culture and the, sort of the values that you hold uh, yeah. <laughs> as a team I've seen seen some stuff on the walls but not sort of really been immersed or shown it properly so could you Give me a little. We, um, I think, I, and I think, currently with teams, there's like a lot of spoken about culture and actually the importance it is. And I think, yeah, you, you can't force culture. Um, it should feel quite natural, and that is something that I, I truly believe we have within the squad. And is that player led? Uh, yeah, it is. But I also think something that's hugely important to us is it is. It is all of us. When we talk about Scotland, it is, it is the 23 that are maybe selected for the games. It's for the people, girls that are not selected for the games. It's the management staff. It's the medical staff. It's the media staff. It's everyone. It's, it is very much we are one big team. Um, we do speak about togetherness a lot, about being together. Um, and, yeah, it, it does it kind of can sometimes maybe sound cliche but like we are and times have felt very much like a big family and that is maybe due to some of the low points that we've maybe had in the past but and now we're seeing some of the some of the high points and it's just really nice to to be part of and every single player is just focused on kind of being better for the team um we're fortunate enough now obviously that we actually have way more competition in positions and I've obviously played for some time now and it is night and day yeah. between 
like I used to be in a camp where there was genuinely two second rows there. There, there yeah. wasn't even, it, there wasn't competition there. And yeah. I think that's ultimately maybe why I've been so lucky to have got <laughs> so many caps. I don't know, but and um, now we've got five of us, five second rows here, and we're actually it feels just really positive in terms of everyone just trying to make each other better so like the competition is there in training so line outs for example like we always have a kind of defense and yeah. attack against each other but that is just making us better come game day to prepare us in the best way possible um no the the girls are like hugely encouraging to each other and yeah it's just a really nice environment to be part of i think everyone can really come out their shell and, and be who they yeah. want to be yeah. um, and we are all absolutely probably stupidly passionate about Scotland um, so we yeah. can see that in the Kaylee dancing on, on social media <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot yeah. uh, but we absolutely love it like and, and I think yeah and that's why just when we do get the opportunity to, to pull on the jersey and, and actually play for a country I think all that stuff that is happening on off the pitch and how we talk about our culture and how together we are why it, i do think it reflects on the pitch yeah yeah well thank you very much for joining joining me emma um it's been great to have you on thank you very much for having me as always it's great to hear from emma wassell uh, joining Tom Sowell there and good luck to the women who play at 1pm this Friday again as they take on Japan and WXV2 Decider um, other news two excellent results for our, our professional teams um, an opening round of URC Edinburgh going down to the Dragons falling behind 14-0 and then clawing their way back in to win on the road 22-17 led by player of the match Ben Healy in his first game for the club winning away from home and the opening weekend was really important and Edinburgh hopefully continue the winning run uh, this week. They, they welcome Lions on Saturday to Hive Stadium. And Glasgow kicked off their URC season uh, with seven tries, a five-point victory at home to the mighty Leinster. 43-25, excellent performance, especially in defence um, from, from Glasgow. Uh, loads of tackles, loads of goal-line defence. It's inspiring to see. Uh, and they're on the road this weekend. It'll be a tough game away in Connacht. So I wish... Both the professional teams, well, as they, they continue their journey in URC. All that's left to do is to thank both our guests. Thanks to Bruce, thanks to Emma, and we'll be back next week with more exclusive content.